Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Today we continue our sermon series on church words. These are words that we use all the time at church and are even found in the Bible, but often we don't even know what they mean. One of the big things about church words is that so often these words that we don't fully understand are at the very heart of our faith and knowing and following Jesus. Today we explore atonement. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-2. through two. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. Our church word for today is atonement. Or as our passage for today says, atoning. Atonement is a word that we don't use a ton, but it does come out from time to time in more theological conversations related to sacrifices, to paying the penalty for sin. Atonement is used 82 times in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. The term atoning or atonement means to pay the price for wrongdoing or injury. When you've done something wrong that injured another, you need to make it right or atone for that wrongdoing. Thus far in his letter, the Apostle John is urging his readers to live faithfully, to live obedient lives to God. In chapter 1, verse 5, he wrote, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, we are walking in darkness. We lie and do not do what is true. Then in chapter 2, verse 1, he summarizes where we picked up today. My little children. I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Everything he has written so far has been so that they may not sin. And he then changes directions a little. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. You should put full effort, your whole life, into following Jesus as closely as possible and living holy lives before God. But if you do sin, if you, sh- you should not be in despair. Don't flee from God or give up your place at the table. It's true that the wages of sin is death, but there is hope for us because God loves us. He is just and he is holy. So sin is certainly an affront to him. It is idolatry, making ourselves or something else God before him. So there must be justice. And God is also love. So he is merciful and gracious. He has given us an advocate. One of the best ways to think about this is that Jesus is our attorney. He's arguing on our behalf. But the deeper we go, the more we find out that he does so much more than that. Our passage continues. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is our advocate, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The the context gives us some good clues about what the word means. Jesus pays the price that we deserve for our sins when he died on the cross. He isn't just advocating for us, for our place in the kingdom or uh, for our righteousness, but uh, for, for our God to bless us and work in us and through us. He's also actively working to atone for our idolatry, to pay the price for it. Often the word substitution is added to atonement to paint a fuller picture. We, we call Jesus' death on the cross a substitutionary atonement. 
He substituted himself for us in bearing the penalty for our sin on himself. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 5, the prophet looks forward to the substitutionary atonement the Messiah will accomplish. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. It's kind of like if you went to court and they sentenced you to jail for whatever, and someone stood up and said, no, I will pay their penalty, penalty demanded my justice. I will go to jail for them. So you go free and they spend the time of your jail sentence in jail. Now, Jesus was uniquely able to do this because, as the passage says, Jesus Christ the righteous. This is essential Christian doctrine. Jesus was sinless. He never disobeyed God, never loved anything before God, and was always loving towards people. Jesus was a perfect sacrifice. He had no penalty for his own sin. He did not need to die to pay the price of his own sin, so he was free to substitute his life for ours, to atone for our sins. The idea of substitutionary atonement was first presented in the Old Testament. God commanded the people to make sacrifices of atonement. They even had a day of atonement. They would slaughter a bull and sprinkle its blood on those forgiven to cover them. But in this time, the priest had to first make sacrifice and atone for his own sins. They had to cleanse the temple. Then he could apply the sacrifice and atone for the people. So the, the, the bull's life was, was paying the penalty that the people deserved. They even had another image where they would kind of put the sins on the, of the people on a goat and then send it out of the camp and, and, and force it off out into the wilderness to symbolize their, their sins being gone. But they had to continually, every year, day in and day out, do this, atone. That is, until Jesus. You see, the blood of bulls and goats never saved anyone from their sins. They were simply a placeholder, a step in the right direction to help us understand the once and for all atonement that Jesus made on the cross when he shed his blood and paid and died to pay the penalty for our sins and to make those who believe in him perfectly and completely and permanently clean and innocent before God. Listen to Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 11. And every priest stands day after day at his, sacrifice, at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. Verse 12. But when Christ had offered for, offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since then, he has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who sanctified. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. That where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. That's why we don't continue to make the sacrifices of the old covenant. But even before God instituted the sacrificial system in Exodus and Leviticus, first God said to Abraham, Go and sacrifice your son. So they approached the place where God had told them to go, and the boy asked where was the sacrifice. And Abraham said, The Lord will provide. 
Abraham bound his son and put him on the altar, and he raised the knife above his head and began to plunge it down. But the angel of the Lord interceded, and he stopped him. And then he pointed out a nearby ram whose horns were caught in the brush. He was the substitute sacrifice. Or even before that, Adam and Eve had sinned in the Garden of Eden, and they realized that they felt guilt and shame for the first time. God killed an animal and clothed them with its skin. Adam and Eve's shame and their guilt is covered by the product of a death, a substitute. A price paid to cover the price of their sin, to cover their guilt and their shame. That was just a beginning, a step, a sign pointing our hearts forward and preparing us to receive the ultimate substitutionary sacrifice that will cover our sins, our guilt, and our shame. Atonement is only in Jesus Christ. He alone is the perfect sacrifice without blemish, the only righteous one, the only Son of God who could pay the price required. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. If you are not in Jesus, if you have not received his atonement to your credit, believe in Jesus and claim that he what he has done on your behalf and give yourself to him as your God and your Lord. He sacrificed himself because he wants you, because he loves you. Even though you rejected him, he took your shots and he saw you turn your back on him, yet he sacrificed himself to atone, to pay the price that you deserve for that betrayal because he wanted you to be with him, to be as you were created to be. You can never pay for your own sins. You cannot clean yourself up enough to make it all right. It does not matter how much you come to church or how much money you give. Nothing will atone for your sins except for the blood of Jesus Christ. The only thing you can do is come to Jesus and receive him and believe in him and be baptized in his name to start your life following him as your God and your Lord. He stands there like the father in the story of the prodigal son who's, who, whose son has left home and wasted his old inheritance. And he's, and he's standing there waiting for him to come home with a big old hug to bring him into the house and to call him son once again. God wants to bless you, to work in you and through you. But the word atonement isn't just for the unbeliever needing salvation's first touch. It's also for the believer who needs to reaffirm our faith in the atoning work of Jesus every day. Know that your sins are gone, forgiven. He says they are as far as the east is from the west. They are at the bottom of the deepest part of the ocean. Jesus atoned for your sins, but do you still hold them against yourself? Some of us need to actually believe in Jesus' atoning sacrifice and forgive ourselves for the things that God has already forgiven us for. Sometimes I think when we sin, we shy away from God and we hide from him like little children. I think of like Jonah getting on the boat and trying to run away from God. We think we need to go and get better before we can come back to him, but this forgets the atonement. While God does intend better and he hates our sin, he desires us to come. When you sin, when you fall, immediately turn back to him. Believe in the atonement. And repent and follow him. The atonement promises you that he will welcome you back. We also need to forgive others because Jesus has atoned for their sins as well. What, what then do we say about sacrifice, about the atonement, when we refuse to forgive another person? 
especially one that claims Jesus' atonement as a believer. Our refusal to forgive the sins of one another or talking bad about them or looking down on them or shunning them because of what we see as their sin then, then Jesus that Jesus has already paid for, at the very least, it denies that it was for the whole world. Don't miss there very at the end of our passage for today. It reads, And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's saved regardless of their relation to Jesus. I mean, the Bible is very clear that whosoever believes in him, it, it doesn't mean that every. It, it, what it means is that everyone is savable. Jesus' death was sufficient to forgive every sin. They were, they were paid for in his blood. However, the, the act is only applied to you if you believe in him. If a person does not receive Jesus as their Savior, their God, and their Lord, then, then they still carry their sin and the guilt for it. They have to pay for it their own. He died to save all people. Anyone that ever has or ever will live. Jesus died to pay the price for their sins. So forgive yourself and forgive others. And also, in light of the atonement, live faithfully. Jesus has died to free you from the power of sin that's kept you away from God. Each time you sin, yes, it's covered, but think of the rejection that Christ felt on the cross and he died for all of our betrayals. He took our sins on him and when he was rejected and he was crying to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When you understand his atonement and what it means and what it's done for you, then you choose to disobey and follow a different Lord. You trample and you disrespect the blood of Jesus. Put all your might into living faithfully, free and forgiven by the blood of Jesus, free from sin and therefore living a holy life set apart for Jesus who saved you. We feel the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Through his sacrifice, Jesus reconciled humanity with God, providing a way for forgiveness and redemption and eternal life. His atoning sacrifice demonstrates the fullness of God's love for us and the extent to which he is willing to go to restore our relationship with him. As followers of Jesus, can continually reflect on the magnitude of that sacrifice and strive to live lives of gratitude and faith and obedience, knowing that through him we can find true peace and hope and salvation. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that so whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.